Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right now, Rasmus Dahlin, Middlestat. Greenway is in front, trying to take the eyes away. Middlestat sees that. Pass across, they score! Rasmus Dahlin goes to the far post, and in overtime, the Buffalo Sabres win it in Tampa 3-2. There's your game winner, Dan Dunleavy, on the call. Some high drama in overtime as the Sabres pick up a 3-2 win. Middlestat sets up Dahlin for the game winner, 140 into the extra session. We welcome you into the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. I'm Brian Colziel. That goal from Darlene, the setup from Middlestead, it's our NOCO play of the game, brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. Credit, by the way, to Tage Thompson. Man, does he feel like he's back. The scoring is not at the level it was last year, but his play Looks like last year. Yes, the puck's not going in as often. Obviously, it went in tonight, a huge goal in the third. But that play in overtime, which essentially is a helper on the game winner because he goes so hard to the net that Kucherov just has to hook him. And that led to the four-on-three, which obviously gave the Sabres the win there in overtime on the power play. Uh, 142 into the extra session. The Sabres get it done and get themselves a power play goal. How about this? Two for three for the Sabres power play in this game. Thompson, the game tire. Darlene, the game winner. So in a year where we know the power play has been a disaster, um, they come through. And you know what? That first power play uh, goal from Thompson, the power play was a mess for the first minute. But Thompson comes in, and look, at this is what skilled players can do. They can take over a play or make a play at any point. He just waited enough for Skinner to go through, provide that little screen of Vasilevsky and his, you know, his rifle shot. He doesn't need that much. Uh, and then in the overtime, obviously, Thompson with that strong play to the net, drawing the penalty on Kucherov, which gave the Sabres that four-on-three situation, uh, which ended up being enough for them to get a win. Now, it's not ideal that, this, that the Lightning got a point. However, this doesn't necessarily you know, officially put the final nail in the coffin. If the Sabres lost in regulation tonight, I would have been definitely on here saying, all right, you know, I am definitely as optimistic as anybody with the standings, partially because I want the post games to have meaning and us talk about these games and look at the other scores around the league. Like I'm rooting for that because the post game becomes a lot more interesting to listen to and talk about. So I'm rooting for that in the standings. Um, Tonight, if you lose in regulation, I would have been like, yep, that's the final nail. You're done. No meaningful games in March. Let's talk about what to do with the trade deadline. We still are going to talk about what to do with the trade deadline, but uh, at least we go into the weekend, a pair of home games, Vegas and Winnipeg, two very, very good teams in the West, and uh, at least uh, with some meaning still in there uh, with the Sabres getting this win tonight uh, over the Tampa Bay Lightning by a 3-2 score. Again, Lukanen, another strong outing, two goals uh, in this game, two goals against in this game tonight. Uh, as he faces another pretty good team in terms of uh, talent and shuts him down. All right, Casey Middlestead set up the game winner. He's live with Paul as we start our post game in the locker room. Casey, you don't get too many four-on-three power plays. Uh, what did you see on the goal? Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, we're trying to get that to Tomer, but um, I think everyone's seen Tomer shoot, so they're trying to take it away. And um, 
you know, I just felt like Rast was, was pretty open and he kind of fought through a check and um, he did a good job putting it away. What was the focus entering the third period with you guys down by one at that point? You know, I, I think we thought we did a good job when we got pucks in and, and got on their D. Obviously, we want to keep it away from their forwards, especially that big line. And, um, you know, I thought we did a really good job in the third and obviously a hell of a shot from Tomer there. And, um, yeah, definitely big to, to steal that one. Especially in the first two periods, it didn't seem like there was a lot of flow from either team in that game, was there? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think they're kind of sitting back a little bit and, you know, they play their system well and um, I feel like it's evolved a bit over the years and, um, you know, I think it was a focus of ours to, to shut down that big line, which for the most part I, I thought we did pretty well. And, um, yeah, so maybe more of a defensive first couple and then obviously we're, we're down a, a goal going into the third, so we try to open it up a little bit and, and get one. Before Alex Tuck scored, did you guys kind of have to weather a storm a little bit from them? And then Alex's goal seemed like opened it up a little bit for you guys. You played a little better, I thought, after that. Yeah, maybe. I think um, it's not an easy ability to, building to play in, obviously, uh, with your, who you're playing against and, and what they've done. And um, we know they're going to come out hot. They're obviously a great home team. And, um, yeah, I think maybe weathered it a little bit and, you know, kind of found our game and, and stuck to it. Rasmus has played a crazy amount of minutes here over the last few weeks. What does it just say about him that he's still got that in the tank to get the game winner for you? <laughs> um, I mean, if I was surprised, I would tell you, but um, not. So um, it's what he does. Um, one of the best in the world, like I've said before, if, if not best in the world. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have him for sure, for sure. How big was it to get that win? I mean, especially after you guys lose a one-goal game the other night to, to another team yeah. in your division, um, especially against these guys to, to get this one. Yeah, huge. I think uh, obviously we're trying to build and get some momentum here, and um, it's going to be games where you got to come from behind and, and score late in the third, and you know steal that point in overtime. So um, definitely, definitely a big win for us, and you know excited for a, a happy plane ride home. How can you guys carry this momentum into the game on Saturday? Yeah, I think obviously it's every game's a little different, and um, each is their own. But I think uh, I think well, it's been four out of five now, so um, try to use that momentum and, and keep going. I think we're, we're feeling better and, and starting to look more like ourselves, and um, just keep playing and, and keep riding it. Thanks, Casey. Casey Middlestead in the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Middlestead with a beautiful setup to Darlene. Love his comment on Darlene on his ice time and his playoffs of ladies. Like, yeah, it's what he does. He's one of the best of the world, if not the best in the world. Darlene's ice time tonight, by the way, if you're curious, 27.55. Incredibly, that's the lowest total in the last seven games with a little extra session there. Uh, he had been on a streak there of playing 29-plus minutes um, in all these games. So uh, that one, 27.55 for Darlene tonight. But obviously a very solid performance. A goal and an assist, two points, two shots, two hits, Two block shots. That's, uh, you know, what as Middlestead does, it's what he does. <laughs> it's a good quote right there. Uh, Darlene, really, really uh, good numbers tonight for him as the Sabres pick up a much-needed win. And then Vegas and Winnipeg coming up this weekend. Both of these games are at KeyBank Center. Both of these games are at 7 o'clock. Tage Thompson up next, live with Paul. Tage, you guys had trouble getting the puck in until you grabbed it and got it in and just ripped the shot there. Well, what did you see on that goal? Yeah, just, um, you know, quick regroup in the neutral zone. Uh, Dolls gets it up. Uh, skinny drives the net. They back off and uh, give me a lane to shoot, so I'm just trying to put it to the net. Two power play goals win you the game, yours, and then, of course, the game winner in overtime. I think that's now six power play goals recently for you. What's going a little bit better, do you think? Uh, I mean, I feel like we've been doing the same stuff, right? We've been getting chances. Um, you know, I feel like it's been coming, and, um, you know, some nights they're not going in for you, and I feel like we've had a lot of that. And um, you know, tonight I think we we got rewarded for it. And um, you know, I think honestly we've had you know better power plays as of late than that one. That was a little sloppy, but um, you know, we come up in a, a big time when our team needs one and get us to overtime, and then the power play steals it again. So um, that's what you need, and um, so we got tonight from our special team, and so it was big. I know you'll take a win against anyone, but does it mean mean a lot to be a team like that, uh, especially the way that Tuesday went for you guys? Yeah, I mean, every win, um, you know, matters. And um, I think, obviously, the last, last game um, didn't end the way we wanted and um, felt like we deserved maybe a little bit of a, a better outcome. And, um, you know, tonight I think we're, we're on the right side of things. How big was the uh, tuck goal? Just from the fact it seemed like you guys had to weather a storm 
you got down by a goal, but Tuck scored at what, about two and a half minutes maybe after they scored. How big was that? Because it seemed like you were a little better in the period after that. Yeah, that was a big response. Um, I think that's the way we needed to play the game the whole night, just make their D go back and get it and pressure them, make them turn it over. And um, I thought that, you know, that goal just stemmed from a good forward check. Um, Tucky getting in there and disrupting the puck, changing sides behind the net, and then we get, um, excuse me, we get ozone time and um, obviously just reloading on top. Puck comes back to you and um, might have been a lucky shot and finds its way to the net. And um, you know, good things happen when you shoot the puck. So that was uh, that was just a product of a good forecheck, I think. What allowed you guys to limit their top guys the way that you were able to? Um, I mean, they're dangerous players. They. they they create stuff out of nothing. I think for us, it was just kind of trying to take time and space away from them. The more time and space you give them, the, the more dangerous they are. So I think for us, just kind of trying to pick up speed um, in the neutral zone, trying to gap up on them, not let them skate through the neutral zone with the puck. Um, and I think in zone, closing them out as, as quick as possible and making sure they're not seeming us through the middle. And, um, you know, I thought we did a pretty good job of that. Obviously, they got some really good looks, but um, they're good players. They're going to get those looks, and that's when you need your goalie to stand up for you. And Oopie did a great job. Thank you, Tage. And Rasmus Dahlin, I think, is going to say. <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin here, Brian. And um, Rasmus, uh, you don't get too many four on three power plays. What did you see to you know find that little crease there and get yourself open? Uh, that one was drawn up by Matt Ellis, so uh, I can't take credit for that one. So, uh, but. Mitzi made an unbelievable play there, so uh, it was just for me to tap it in. What is the, I mean, is, does the thought process change when it's four on three as opposed to maybe five on four? Yeah, um, for sure. You got uh, more openings and um, less players on the ice, so it's more room. So um, I really like yeah, playing that. What did you think about just the response from you guys in the third period to just stick with it and eventually, you know, tie that up? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, uh, but we got some individual skill and talent in this group. So, um, really nice shot by Thomas. So, uh, we knew coming into this game that this game was um, really really important. So, uh, I'm just happy we won. Is that just what he can do because that power play didn't look good to start, and then he just grabbed it and used his speed and then ripped it. I mean, is that it's kind of weird to have the power play start that way and then end that way? Yeah, um, that counts too. So uh, that's what you got to take away from that. But uh, obviously, uh, you wished uh, he scored more of a power play goal, but uh, that counts, and um, he kept us in the game. So it was great. Are you seeing Tate, the real Tate Thompson now? Not only the goal, but the thing that drew the penalty. I mean, he was flying, got in on goal, forced the hooking penalty to get you guys the power play. Yeah, he got some. He got some swag now, and um, he's that type of guy that has to uh, not give a f out there and just play his game. And that's what he's doing right now. And um, so uh, we're uh, happy that uh, he's really good right now. Did you have to maybe weather a storm to start? It seems like they were on you until you scored. It seemed once you scored, you, you were better off. Yeah, they had a lot of chances there in the beginning. And uh, uh, as usual, thanks to Upi, um, he keeps us in the games. And uh, that's what you need to, to win games, uh, especially this time of the year. So um, we can only thank Upi for that one. How, how have you managed to deal with this workload? I mean, you're another 28 minutes tonight, and then you had enough in the tank to get the game winning goal. Yeah, today... Uh, it was less than useful, so I had more energy. So, uh, no, I, you kind of get used to it, and you have to really take care of the body outside the rink. And um, what was it today? Twenty-seven, just under twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-seven fifty-five or something. So that was less. So I had more energy. So that's good. More sharp. Thank you, Rasmus. Rasmus Dalin in the post game. Brian, back to you. Yeah, only twenty-seven fifty-five. Paul, no big deal, right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right, we'll talk with Paul in a few minutes here. Uh, Don Granado coming up. Ross Mastalin, the game winner there with Paul. Uh, that's our Blue and Gold Locker Room Report, brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org slash WGR. Sabres win it 3-2. to two. All right, I know uh, for those of you maybe uh, not near your phone or near standings if you're in your car. What does that mean for the standings? Because, you know, we want to see it right now. Well, it went from 11 to 10. Again, not a deal that you gave Tampa a point. But you still have to keep pace with the Penguins and the Caps and the Islanders and the Devils. Yes, we have the laundry list of all these teams. But the Sabres are within two 
of Pittsburgh, three of the Caps, four of the Islanders, and four of the Devils. So the gap with the next bunch of teams a little closer. you still got a lot of work to do with Tampa. Now, still two games in hand with Tampa and still a head-to-head game with Tampa, um, which is what they'll close the season with. Could we beg for the final game of the season to be meaningful? The last game of the season the Sabres play in Tampa. How cool would that be if they still had a shot going into that game against Tampa? How awesome would it be if it was like a winner-in-loser-out scenario? If the Sabres somehow do go on a a miraculous run here and get themselves back in it, uh, it's likely going to come down to almost like it did last year, down to the final week of the season. They have the Capitals twice in here, so that's a team that you can catch. How about this? They play the Red Wings three times. So that is something that maybe to keep an eye on. Now, Detroit has just been on fire as of late, although they did lose tonight to the Islanders. Previously, though, I mean, they've won 7 of 10, so they're playing very well. But you do have three head-to-heads with Detroit. I mean, you sweep those three. I know that's asking a lot. But even, let's say, one of them's in overtime. Let's say you take, uh, you know, you take six points and you give Detroit one. Well, that means you've gained five on them. you still got to gain seven more. So, I mean, that. That's going to be tough to catch Detroit with how good they're playing as of late. But uh, as the old cliche goes, one at a time here, as I'm starting to look ahead to the last game of the season, right? Uh, Vegas is next, followed by Winnipeg. These are the, that's the homestand this weekend. Both of those games, 7 o'clock, both of them right here on the Sabres radio network. All right, Don Granato's coming up. We, as soon as he makes his way to Paul Hamilton, we'll take you there live. Then we'll get a couple of thoughts from Paul here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. 3-2 Sabres win it. Darlene's winner. 142 into the extra session as we get to our final stats brought to you by level financial advisors helping you retire better visit levelfa.com. shots in the overtime were two nothing buffalo in the game it ends up 23 23 how about the power plays for the sabers two of three and tampa one of three in net lukanen he gets the win 21 saves vasileski the loss 20 saves your three stars Lucan in his star number three. Chafee, who had a goal for the Lightning, is star number two. And Rasmus Dahlin, who's had a goal and an assist and played almost 28 minutes. He's star number one. And Rasmus Dahlin tonight is our electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think of Town Ford. The attendance at Amelie Arena in Tampa, 19,092. Other stats. We mentioned Dahlin's ice time, 2755. Um, Owen Power playing over 24 minutes tonight, 24-18. Some of the other things to take a look at here, Connor Clifton, big hits, five of them. We'll hear one of those hits here coming up shortly. Uh, He led the team in that category. Clifton also had three block shots in the game. Uh, But I just want to keep talking about how Thompson looks like last year. Um, You know, you heard Darlene say he's got the swag going. He had a goal, a plus one, 17 and a half minutes, three shots on goal. Uh, two block shots for Thompson, too. And, you know, let's forget, too, like his his goal obviously is meaningful. Chances he's creating are meaningful. But that penalty that he draws to Kucherov, I mean, that gives the Sabres the win, essentially, because it turns into the four-on-three, and that's how they get it done. So uh, Thompson has been looking very good as of late. Again, the goals haven't been coming at the clip, I'm sure, that he wants. But the play looks outstanding. And uh, we'll see if that keeps going there. Um, kind of interesting that Peyton Krebs barely played in the third. We'll have to see if what Don Granado says about that. Hopefully, uh, uh, Paul, if you're if you're listening in my in your ear there, Krebs only played ten forty five. Didn't play much in the third, so we'll see if there's anything there. We know going into the night, Krebs didn't uh, didn't um, you know kind of get on his uh, on his normal line there. He was kind of moved off of it. Um, so we'll see if there's anything there with that. Um, I know, TJ, I know you had a stat there, what, mid-third period about his expected goals percentage uh, was, what, 77% or something like that? Something like when, that, according when, to the natural stat trick. I just pulled yeah. it up quickly after I saw that he'd been sitting. When Krebs, yeah, when Krebs was on the ice. So, I mean, I thought he made three really good plays tonight to set up scoring chances. Um, the best one maybe was that one to Gergensen's where... Krebs is kind of skating sideways at center ice, and he makes a beautiful saucer pass to Gergensen's to send him in, which ended up hitting um, the crossbar at that point. So I, I thought Krebs was good. I was disappointed, you know, seeing 
uh, that he was off the line that he'd been playing with so well. Um, you know, we'll see if there's something more to that. You know, hopefully there's no injury or anything like that. But at the same time, if there is no injury, then, you know, why the heck was he not playing in the third? So, you know, maybe uh, that'll get asked uh, within that to Don Granado. But, uh, yeah, he only ends up playing 1045 in this game tonight. Kind of a, a weird stat for a guy that's been playing well. So we'll find out if there's anything wrong with Peyton Krebs. Let's hope not because he's been playing very good as of late. Okay, let, let's go to Don Granado now live with Paul. Don, before we get into it, was Peyton Krebs injured so that you really couldn't use him in the third? I'm, I'm sorry, the question. Um, was Peyton Krebs injured where you really couldn't use him that much in the third? I think maybe he had one shift. Yeah, no, there were a couple guys we didn't use a lot in the third, and I just felt uh, it was time to shorten the bench with guys who were uh, guys that were going, and that was the decision. So he's okay? Yeah, he's, he's fine. What did you just think about the group's the response, I guess, the way they stuck to it in the third period um, yeah. to end up tying that game? Any, I mean, this is not an easy building. That's not an easy team to play against. That's not an easy goaltender to play against. So um, you're down going into the third. I thought we stayed with it. And not many times do you come back, uh, you know, can a team not hold the third, not hold the third period lead. Um, so all of that is, is all good. Um, like it, great effort, great way to stay on it, stay dialed in. Obviously, I don't think we got a power play until the third period. Frustrating first part of the power play, but the guys uh, stayed on it. Uh, got that was a big goal, and then obviously a power play goal in overtime was big. You spoke earlier in the week about how Tage is, is going to break through. It's only a matter of time. What did you just see from him tonight um, between between the goal and just drawing that penalty in overtime? You know, he 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 definitely is is feeling better about his game. I think he's more confident with the puck, more uh, decisive with it. Uh, I think. You know, he, he's he's ready to score in the sense he believes he can score. I think that's that's heightened even more recently. Lately, you see it uh, that he's feeling. He's 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 created more chances. So uh, that's the biggest one. He's he's just created more chances recently. And uh, you know, if he continue to do that, it's tough to keep that guy off the board. Don, you don't get too many four on three power plays. How does the power play change when you do get a four on three? Well, again, you're, you you do a pre-scout on, on situations like that, and, and Matt Ellis did that even this afternoon. He was watching that scenario because mm-hmm. it happens in overtime. And and so, yeah, there are different things um, that you would do, different movements against different teams. So it is a different dynamic. Rasmus mentioned he felt a little sharper because he had a, a few less minutes tonight. Um, <laughs> what do you make of just the way he continues to dig deep and then gets the game-winning goal for you? Uh, he's... Uh, He's, he's an amazing competitive player and, and person. He's, he's the he's the full complete package, willing to play defensive, and you know that's. A, I don't think he gets uh, credit for how good he has become defensively. I think if you polled the players in the NHL on on that, uh, he's he's one guy you, that I'm sure they don't want to play against uh, because of he's physical, he's strong, and he's determined defensively. And then you add the offensive side to it, so. Uh, he's he's been dialed in for us. How did you like Greenway with Tuck and Thompson tonight? Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, you know, we, we were in a situation, obviously based on the atmosphere in the building, that we, we needed them. Um, they were uh, you know, often matching up their top line against that, and I thought you know Greenway's a guy that it's a good matchup guy when you're talking about top players. He's a big penalty killer for us. He's got a great sense of objective, and uh, you know we needed him in that slot today. Did you feel maybe you weathered a storm there until Tuck scored that goal, and then you got better after that? I mean, you're, you know, when you go into buildings like this and, and teams of talent like that, you are going to have to weather storms. You are not going to, no matter how good you play or think you, you are and want to play, you're not going to control 60 minutes in this sport. So, uh, there's when you don't have momentum, uh, you've got to learn how to, you know, uh, guard the fort and, and and buy your time, pick your spots. I thought we did a very nice job of that. Um, they're a good team. They're going to make plays can't get rattled and you got to stay on point and they're on objective and um, I thought our guys were very very uh, very much dialed in and focused on one of the 60 minute game one of the areas that just the way your defensemen do you feel like they adjusted to just the way that Tampa was forechecking early they were coming fast and aggressive and it just seemed like as the game went on you guys just got a little bit more comfortable and getting out of your zone quicker. yeah there's no question I mean you go into each game and, and it's you're you're you don't know what the other team's going to throw at you. Obviously, you know personnel, you know what they look like. But it takes you a while to get into a rhythm, especially when teams are hard for checking you and pressing you. 
Um, and I thought again, our D, you know, our D have shown tremendous growth in uh, in buildings like this and games like this. Um, you know, and uh, nice to see, and they're they've been very stabilizing for us in that regard. What was the thought? As what was the thought putting Peyton on the fourth line to start the game? Just felt we needed we needed different uh, combinations, different looks. Um, shifted a few guys around for matchup reasons tonight, um, but it was it was very specific to this game tonight in this building with matchups that may come against against us. Thanks, Don. Don Granado on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, there is Sabres head coach Don Granado after a three to two. Overtime win. Rasmus Dahlin wins it 142 into the OT here. Uh, as we appreciate you listening to the Upstate Honda Dealers post game, we'll get a thought from Paul Hamilton coming up here uh, in just one moment. So we did get, Paul, we did get the uh, the explanation on Krebs there. I appreciate you asking the question there right away. Uh, so not injured. He said he and a few others, obviously, uh, they shortened the bench there in the third. And then he was just asked there at the end about putting him. Uh, on that line with Robinson and Gergensen's, and he said he just, you know, specific to tonight. So maybe it'll go back uh, for this game Saturday against Vegas here. How do you see all that explanation playing out? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand. I don't get why. I He saw something I didn't see to, to not use him in the third period. I, I thought, uh, actually, I thought he'd been playing pretty well. Yeah. Oh, I think we might have lost Paul there. Hopefully, we can get him. Something I didn't see. Um, there we I go. thought he was doing pretty well. Okay, one. Paul, two, one okay. Two. Yep, I got. I think we got Paul. Let's just make sure we still have I'm Paul back. here. Okay. Yep. Okay, Paul, I got you. Uh, let's talk about the game winner there. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Middle stat with a real nice play to set up Darlene. Uh How'd you see it from your view? And and everybody seemed to be crediting Matt Ellis there for drawing that play up. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a, it was a certain play, and as you heard Casey Middlestat say, he was looking at Tage Thompson, thinking maybe he'd get the puck there. Realized he couldn't, but by the Lightning taking Thompson away like they did, it left Darlene open, and Darlene found that lane. You know, Middlestat is a gifted passer, put it right where it needed to be, and they wound up with the layup goal uh, for. So, you know, when was the last time we talked about you know th- their power play saving them? I mean, they got two power play goals, one to tie the game, which wasn't a very good power play until Tage Thompson took over and, uh, you know, got the goal and then, uh, you know, won in overtime to win it. So that that isn't something we've had to talk about much this year. Paul, quickly, just how Tage Thompson just looks like Tage Thompson of last year. We know the the goal production isn't maybe where he wants it to be, but, man, he looks like he's, he's dominating again. Yeah, just rip that shot, you know, and that's what he did, you know, for the power play goal. And look what he did to, to draw the penalty in overtime. Turned on the Jets. The Lightning couldn't handle him. He got behind the defense. I think, and you can correct me, I think Vasilevsky got a piece of that, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, and, yeah. But Kucherov hooked him and, uh, you know, went to the yeah went to the penalty box. So, um, you know, Buffalo got the power play that won it for him, so he certainly is the Tage Thompson we're used to seeing. Paul, thank you so much for your work tonight. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to uh, talking on pregame with you on Saturday when Vegas is in town. Okay, talk to you then. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton in Tampa, Amelie Arena. Sabres win it 3-2 to two in overtime, and uh, there you hear. So a lot to break down from what Don Granato said. Some good and some things I'll disagree with. Uh, but Buffalo gets two points tonight here. It's keeping their, whatever you want to call their playoff hopes alive, their thin ice, uh, whatever, backs against the wall, you know, minuscule, whatever. It's alive for another night. At least we get to go into the weekend and think like, all right, at least we maybe got some meaningful games to watch, which uh, is good. Vegas, Saturday, 7 o'clock, right here on the Sabres Radio Network. All right, for all of our local affiliates, we're going to say goodnight to you. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. For all of you on our flagship on WGR, when we come back, we'll get you highlights, more breakdown of the standings, scores from around the league, and we'll read some tweets. You can send them in at BrianWGR. 3-2 Sabres win it in overtime on Darlene's game winner. More Upstate Honda Dealers postgame right after this on the Buffalo Sabres 
Radio Network. Kucherov just swept that one to the goal and it went off the post and out the other side. Gets it back again, Kucherov. Pass to the far post and Lukanen got over and got a piece of that one. Uko Pekalukanen, 21 saves, including keeping Kucherov off the board in terms of a goal. Our save of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers to see the exciting all-new Honda lineup. Visit your local upstate Honda dealers today. Welcome back. It's the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. 3-2 Sabres win it. Lukanen very good. The third star in this one. Uh, I might have given Tage Thompson a star, though, uh, just as much as anybody. I thought he was tremendous, had a goal to tie things up, and uh, forces the penalty that gives Darlene the game winner. Darlene was excellent, too. Definitely fine with him being the, thir- uh, the first star of this game, uh, playing almost 28 minutes. The great quote from Darlene, if you're just joining us, uh, that he just spoke with Paul Hamilton earlier, said... Uh, you know, yep, I only played uh, 27.55. Today was less than usual, so I had a lot more energy. And then he laughed about it. And he's been playing basically 29 to 30 minutes um, these last two weeks. And uh, tonight, being in overtime, I'm actually surprised he didn't get that number again. Uh, but the Sabres did only uh, have two shifts, essentially, in the overtime. The first one where Tage ends up getting called down, and then the power play, which Middlestad found him for the win. Okay, uh, we'll read some tweets here coming up in a moment. Uh, we know, as there uh, can't always be all roses with the Sabres, fans on Twitter not happy with what happened with Peyton Krebs there. Uh, TJ, I know we were looking at it here. He said Krebs didn't play much in the third because he wanted to shorten the bench. There was a few others, too. Uh, Krebs only played one shift in the third, TJ, right? But there were a couple others that really had their ice limited. Yeah, it was uh, Skinner only saw a couple shifts in the third, and those were both power play shifts. And Kyle Poso only saw two shifts in the third, and one of them was a power uh, penalty kill. So the last 5v5 five v, uh, five v five shift they had was around very early in the third, and then they didn't see the ice again 5-5. Five and five. All right. So it wasn't just solely a, a pick-on-Krebs sort of thing. Uh, Skinner... Obviously, yeah. uh, didn't get to play that much either. Oposo, just the the penalty kill. I mean, what? I mean, I don't want to belabor this because they won. So if Granado's wording there right at the end, he said, "I wanted to get specific matchups tonight." You know, he said, "Why did they move into the fourth line?" Well, they needed different looks and combos, but he wanted to get specific matchups tonight. Does that say, "Hey, I'm going to go back for the next game"? Maybe. I'd like to think so. There was no reason to make the change anyway, but if there was something tonight that maybe he saw or knew or studied or whatever ahead of time as to maybe why Krebs was better off there, okay, I'll listen to that. <clears throat> Obviously, I don't have his game plan in front of me here. Uh, I don't agree with the Krebs move, but if he's back together with um, more of what we call the offensive skilled sort of set of players... Uh, for Vegas on Saturday, then okay, I guess I'll uh, I'll leave it alone. But he's just been playing so good. Uh, the expected goals four percentage that uh, TJ brought up earlier again seventy seven percent or so uh, in the third uh, when we saw that after he hadn't been playing. Like I and if you said to me you know after Thompson, if you would have said like who's the Sabers next best forward tonight, I might have answered Krebs is because he set up three good scoring opportunities. And he's been doing that for the last two weeks or so. So a little surprising there. Um, anyway, let's uh, before yeah, let's read some tweets here. Let's get these in here. Serve Pro, first response from the fans. Serve Pro from Central Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy response. First and faster to any size disaster. You can always send me your thoughts after <clears throat> each, excuse me, after each and every game at Brian WGR. All right. Uh, at Arcanon74 says uh, about the Krebs... Benching in the third says, it was a stupid idea, but the overtime win bails him out for now. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, Others here. um, Captain Crunch 2 says, I don't mind him shortening the bench, but man, Krebs isn't the person you should do that with. Okay, that's fair. Dave says, we've had free Antipan and free Skinner. Now we have free Krebs. What could 
Granado have possibly seen to keep Krebs on the bench. Yeah, a lot of reaction there. Chuck Ugg, nice, but Krebs needs to be in the top six. All right, lots of uh, opportunity um, here for people to kind of go after Krebs for sure. Um, anyway, um, let's hope that maybe it goes back for the next game. I mean, that's really all I've got to say on that. I just I don't I don't want to belabor it anymore. But benching at least you know at least the feel that we all had is that he's been one of their best players. So it just it seemed very 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 odd on a guy that had created so much offense for this team. Oh, and by the way, you weren't protecting a lead. You weren't up 3-1. And you're like, well, we wanted to make sure, you know, we were defensive-minded or we were smart with the... No. You had to play that third period like you needed two goals. Because really, the goal would have been to win in regulation if it was a perfect night. But you were down a goal. And you... Don't play a forward that's maybe set up more scoring chances than anybody else on the team. It's just very, very odd, for sure. Anyway. All right. So there is uh, some of your tweets. Again, feel free, if you want to keep them sent in, I'll uh, try to respond some after postgame tonight uh, at Brian WGR. All right. Injury report next. Brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Well, yes, Don Granato confirmed Peyton Krebs not injured. So that's, you know, part of the mystery there. We wondered maybe was something wrong. No injury there uh, for him. So uh, that'll be, I'm sure, debated as a part of tomorrow's analysis and into Saturday's game with Vegas. Eric Johnson banged up, just not playing his game right now, according to Don Granato. So he sat tonight. Ryan Johnson uh, took his spot and in the lineup tonight, 1440 of ice time. One shot. Uh, in this game, so pretty nice efforts there for Johnson. Kind of liked his game. I like his game overall. For a youngster, I think he's got a lot of promise, so um, we'll see maybe if the, the lineup defensively stays the same. I, I would hope that it would uh, for Saturday's game against Vegas. All right, we will take another time out here on our Upstate Honda Dealers post game. When we come back, we will check the scores from the NHL and see what it means for the standings there in the East. We told you what Tampa and Buffalo are at. They're 10 apart now. Let's see what the rest of the East did tonight and get the full breakdown when we return. Final score in overtime from Tampa. Sabres 3, Lightning 2. I'm Brian Colziel. More of the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show when we return after this on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Connor Sherry, and that's Clifton, who stepped into Mott. Dan Dunleavy there on the call with our Clinton Collision hit of the game. Clinton Collision, we are there when you need a repair. Clifton in the game, team high, five hits. Oposo with four, and Gergensons and Eric Robinson with three, as did Yoki Haru. There are your hits in Clinton Collision. Hit of the game. Welcome back. Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. Brian Colziel with you. 3-2 Sabres win it. Two points for the Sabres. One for the Lightning. Again, not super ideal that you gave up the point in overtime to Tampa, but still a ton of work to do. But you had to have two. Uh, you, you couldn't have lost ground to Tampa in any way here. Even at, like an overtime loss would have just felt absolutely crushing. Uh, there's still a ton of work. Uh, mathematically, their playoff hopes are still extremely slim, but at least... They are still, again, they seem to be looking better. They're getting great goaltending. We're starting to see some good signs from some players like Thompson, like Krebs, even though he didn't play in the third. Um, some others, Darlene continues to just be a, a nice minute monster out there. It's been great. Um, they, have been, they have been playing good hockey in 2024. Through January and February, they've played good hockey. I guess personally, I'll just say I'm disappointed that they have not gained more ground in the standings. They have been really, really better in 2024. Now, it just shows two things. A, the October, November, December was really bad, and they're paying for it. They, they have only themselves to blame. And January and February could have been even better because Lukanen, this, these two months, deserves to be like Vesna-like numbers here in these two numbers with his, with his numbers. Uh, the losses to Vancouver, one to nothing, the loss to Dallas, two to one, you know those are, those games are painful. You lost to the Ducks twice in 2024. Those are four losses right there. I mean the the home games where you you give up one to Vancouver and lose, you give up two to Dallas and lose, and then the two to the Ducks. Those four games, to me, 
because this has been the stretch that they in the, in the stretch that they've been playing well, like that's still the reason why they're not really pushing up in the standings. There's a possible eight points there. Even if you can get those home games to overtime and you get the loser point, like a lot of these other teams are getting, the Sabres only have four loser points this year. That's also, I mean, that's, they are figured out, they're not figuring out ways to like grind it to overtime. Do you know who has less? The Rangers have three. Well, they're in first place, so they're not worried about loser points because they just win all the time. And Ottawa, everybody else in the East has more. The Islanders, who are six better than, I'm sorry, four points better than Buffalo, have 14 loser points. That's 10 more in the standings. That is crazy. I mean, that is, Boston has 14 loser points, just like the Islanders. I mean, that's, you know, Boston's good. They figure out ways to, you know, they're always in it at the end of games, so I guess that's the reason why. But how many one-goal losses in regulation has Buffalo had there? Well, both of them to the Ducks, the Canucks, and the Stars. Those are the four games I was just kind of highlighting here. Um, and we can go back in October, November, December and find some more. But um, If you want to get really upset about things, the Sabres have the same amount of regulation wins as the Detroit Red Wings. They have one less than the Toronto Maple Leafs, three less than the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, four less than Boston. So they, That's they, crazy. Only four right. less regulation wins than the Boston Bruins, who yep. are number one. The Panthers the have 32. NHL. The Panthers have 32 regulation wins, yeah. and that That's leads really the good. NHL. Yeah. I'm sorry, the Canucks lead the NHL with 33, but still, yeah. you have that many. You're that good, but you can't grind teams to overtime and get that point. It's frustrating. Yeah. Boston is number one in the NHL in points as of this moment, and they only have four more regulation wins. I mean, that's that's alarming. But also, TJ, that's also extremely frustrating because that shows the potential that could have been there. Yep. If you just would have figured out, well, yeah, all these one-goal games here. Figure out a way. And in most of these games, it comes down to the fact they couldn't figure out a way to get a goal. I know that the one Ducks game was a weird one there. Lucan just was off. Maybe his only game that he's been off in 2024, that that home Anaheim game on President's Day. But, man, the, the 2-1 loss to Dallas, the one nothing loss to Vancouver, those are just painful. And, you know, you're at home. And the building is frustrated because they're not scoring. I mean, one goal in both those games combined. So the atmosphere in there we know is, you know, what it is. And then we're talking so. <laughs> about booing at home again, and then we're back yes. to the salute thing, and then they salute it again, so that's fine. But still. Yeah. Well, there's two home games this weekend, and you've got Vegas and Winnipeg. So go win them both. Or, you you know, three out of four, as you said. Figure out a way to start getting some loser points, even on nights where maybe you don't have your best stuff. Especially um, against teams where you don't have to worry about giving them the loser point. Your Edmontons true. and your Winnipegs don't they they don't matter to you. So get those ones to overtime, get the points you need and and let's let's get going. Four of the next five are against the West and the other one in there is Toronto. And you're not catching Toronto anyway, so who cares if you beat them in overtime, right? Right. So we essentially joke, yeah. the next five games, it doesn't matter how you win. You just you have to figure out a way how to win. We, we joke a lot here about not wanting games to go to overtime so that they don't go longer or anything like that. <laughs> That's right. But the next five games, we have an exception. That's right. Get them all. Get them all to OT. You're guaranteeing yourself points, and then go try and win it. The Sabres have been pretty decent this year, um, you know, overtime shootouts. All of a sudden, they have a goaltender that went from not being able to really stop anything in a shootout, TJ, to a goaltender that says, bring on a shootout, right? I mean, that's amazing how the attitude has changed. That was nice. It's nice to have confidence in him, and I feel like this is the first run of confidence you've been able to see him uh, with a Buffalo Sabres uniform on. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's our look at the NHL standings, brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. I love looking at the standings. I just can't even imagine what it what it will feel like talking about the standings every night on post game when they're actually like in in it you know for real in it in it in. I love I love looking at the standings and figuring out the combos and who do you need to beat and who do you need to beat in overtime and who are we rooting for in this game I love that part of the down the stretch portion of the NHL schedule Oh yeah it's what made like, last year so much fun Yeah and even TJ even the nights when the Sabres aren't playing you're like ooh Philly's playing Washington tonight. Like, who are we rooting for there? Like, right. I love that. Yep. That's how Checking I get in, every morning. Yeah, that's Seeing how I'm getting involved on. 
in the rest of the league. Like, that's what keeps me on with these other games. When the Sabres are just out of it so early, my my excitement to go watch other games gets lessened, like I got to admit. But when they're in it and I'm, I, okay, you know, let's let's root for this other team here tonight or root against this other team. Like, I'm, I'm on board for that. And uh, I just, I can't even imagine when they're actually, like, in it for real because it just, my brain doesn't comprehend how we've, well, I mean, they haven't really truly been in it for, what, 13 years. Our post-game shows, our conversations, how we watch and interact with each other with during Sabres games and Sabres season has changed dramatically in our lives since the last time they made the playoffs with how we interact on uh, social media, how we have infor- how so much more information during the game. Uh, this, the analytics numbers are so different than maybe what we learned about 12, 13 years ago. Um, how people go down to the building themselves and cheer and like it's just it's so different. It's it's and even kind how, of a completely different game at this point since the last time they made not a completely yeah. different one, but that the game has certainly changed. It's gone through maybe a smaller wave of players and fast, and then I think the size creeped back in, and now you have this these big teams who also have speed. Yeah, and it they haven't seemed to navigate any of those periods well. I know. Yeah, look at those teams that I mentioned that they struggle with, like Dallas. Like that's that's yep. a team they still can't figure out a way to score against. You know, they can they can score against Toronto. You know, they can score against some of these teams that want to go toe to toe. But Carolina, there's another one, right? When yep. Carolina when Carolina gets up on you, they said hey, you're not you're not you're not we're not giving you chances. Like they the Sabres can't handle that still. Mm-hmm. They've been able to figure that out. All right, uh, let's finish with the scoreboard here as we go around the league. Brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. All right, here we go to the rest of the scores. We'll start in Boston where Morgan Geeky, did you have him in your fantasy lineup? If you did, you're happy. He had a hat trick. His 11th, 12th, and 13th of the season as the Bruins beat the Golden Knights 5-4. to Jack Eichel did not play in that game. Uh, we saw him skating earlier today without the red non-contact uniform, uh, but Eichel did not play in that game. So we will see uh, if he's available for Saturday's game back in Buffalo. That certainly would add maybe another layer to uh, the evening. All right, other finals. In Columbus, the Hurricanes double up the Blue Jackets by a score of 4-2. to two. Sebastian Ajo. Scoring in that game, his 23rd of the season. Islanders beat the Red Wings 5-3 in Detroit. Overtime win for the Panthers as they defeat the Canadians by a score of 4-3. Sam Reinhart had two goals in that game. He gets past that 40 mark. He's now up to 41. He had a power play goal for his 40th and then a shorthanded goal for his 41st. Other finals. The Leafs beat the Coyotes by a score of... Of 4-2, Austin Matthews, his 53rd goal of the season. That was Toronto's third goal in that game of their four in that 4-2 win. The Stars beat the Jets 4-1. Winnipeg will be in Buffalo coming up on Sunday night. Okay, the rest of these games now are still underway, but uh, this one's pretty much over in Nashville. Two minutes to go in the third. Predators rolling the wild 6-1. After two in Chicago... If you want a game to watch, it's on ESPN. Avalanche leading the Blackhawks 4 to nothing, although maybe not that competitive. But you want to watch a game, Avs and Blackhawks on ESPN. That's 4 nothing Colorado after 2. Uh, early, oh, I'm sorry, late stages of the first period in Seattle. The Kraken have a 1 0 lead on the Penguins. That would be helpful to the Sabres. You're definitely rooting for the Kraken in that game. Uh, 2.33 to go in the first in Vancouver. The Kings have the early 1 0 lead on the Canucks. And just underway. Opening minute in San Jose, the Sharks and the Ducks are scoreless. Our game, overtime. Sabres 3, Lightning 2. Rasmus Dahlin, the game winner. His 15th of the season set up from Casey Middlestat and Jordan Greenway. Our next broadcast will be Saturday night, 7 o'clock puck drop. I'll have the pregame show live from KeyBank Center at 6. Hope you can be with us then right here on the Sabres Radio Network. And with that, we put a wrap on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. I want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer, 
Kyle Powell on our social media. You can also check out his game story at WGR550.com. Paul Hamilton, our reporter in Tampa. Tom Maddie is our engineer. Shope and the Bulldog on the pregame. And for our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. My name is Brian Colziel. I thank you for listening. Finally in an overtime, Buffalo 3, Tampa Bay 2. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Saturday night. Sabres in Vegas from downtown Buffalo. Right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.